Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. Welcome to the Slide Action, episode 16 of season 5. My name is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and on Instagram. And I'm Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast at Side Action Pod on Twitter and Side Action Podcast on Instagram. Here he is, Mr. Vegas, tearing up Vegas. He's back in uh, Ferndale, so uh, tell us about the trip. It was a great time. We... Uh saw the sights it was a little chillier than uh, i'm used to in the, in the las vegas desert but i guess it is a desert so you'll have that certain times of the year it was like in the 40s and when the sun wasn't out particularly on saturday i think it was a bit rainy it was cold outside so we stayed in okay. no big we saw How's your dad Did he, uh, does he roll the bones or he just no no i taught him and uh, his friend peter avid listener how to play but um, neither of them were interested in, in putting cold, hard cash on the table. So they just watched me for a couple hours. <laughs> Not really Did that you long. You get the but... back wall. You, you got to toss the back, the yeah. high arc, back wall, the one bounce. Yeah, I had had it going for a little bit. A uh, couple of bonuses I hit, but couldn't really get anything major going. So mm-hmm. no major victories to speak of. But it was a good time. We got to see Absinthe. Finally, I think I've been there like five times in the last couple of years trying to see Absinthe every time and never made it. So that was awesome. That's awesome. And then you also were out there for the Indiana game. Yep. So Saturday we we stayed at MGM and I don't think we left the hotel at all on Saturday. We woke up and had breakfast and went to the sports book for France and England and got mm. a couple of chairs like right in front. Some of the couch chairs or the, the lazy boy chairs rather. And we posted right. up there like all day until the IU game started. And then we just walked down through the casino to the MGM Grand Garden Arena and watched the game. It was a great time. That's great. Until Well, Since Indiana they lost. They got down like 20 well, to 8. and the Or no, it was like 30 to 8 at one point. And uh, they battled back and cut it to within three, but they just couldn't get over the hump. I think they spent too much energy battling back and couldn't finish the deal. Right. Right, it happens a lot with the college kids. Yeah. Good. Good, man. How nice. was your weekend? It was good. I mean, I a little bit tired after the Philly weekend. You know, Friday night, as I mentioned last episode, if you listened, it was out in Philly doing everything. I I didn't mention we made it to the speakeasy bowling alley, actually. And this is nice. called the Elbow Lane below Harp and Crown. Harp and Crown's a very cool bar. So I went to our party from like noon to like seven, eight. Came, went to another place called El Techo, which is was the rooftop of the or the Mato Hotel we were at. Very cool little spot. That place is closed down around midnight. So then we went over to this Harp and Crown, which is a cool bar. But then there's a speakeasy bowling alley, two lanes in the basement. Checked it out late night, closed that place down, and finally got home. I didn't go to sleep till about 3.30, actually. It was a late, it was a late night. Wow. So I was a little tired. I went to Ulrich's holiday party on Saturday. It was pretty low-key. And then Sunday, I played two sessions of volleyball. I had to kind of sweat out the booze, see if the liver could still function. Uh, I made it through. I was a little tired by the end of that. So 
right into the work week. And then it wasn't the weekend, but as some of you guys saw on Instagram, if you follow me on you know, Wexpool there, uh, what can you say? I hit the Four Shadows holiday party. Had a great time. Did not win the raffles, but um, had a couple drinks. Our guys over there, they had a great time. Huge crowd, probably like 70, 80 people for Tuesday night. That's not bad. And, and now I'm just working myself to the bone, ready for this weekend where I have another holiday happy hour tomorrow. And yeah. The party's on Saturday. Busy social calendar. I, I was going to ask you, it's kind of strange to have a holiday party on Tuesday, December 13. Like, what's the theory behind that? So, Foreshadows is awesome. You know, you know that Matt and Rob, you know, they're, they're the owners of the bar. What, the, what they do is, and you've never been to this, I went there last year. The purpose of the party is 100% of the sales go to the, maybe it's just alcohol sales, but 100% of the sales go straight to the bonuses for the employees. Mm. So the cash is foregone by the bar and it's given to the employees. So everybody who's there is usually a supporter of the bar um, and all the money, including the raffles and stuff. It's all to raise money so they, you know, they get a good bonus at the, for Christmas. I think that's awesome. I mean, yeah. it's not a standard night like a Friday or Saturday where they got to make money in the bar. But, you know, like I said, uh, they're open till two. The shots were flowing. I mean, you know, everybody, if everybody spends, you know, hundred bucks, you know, you figure all that money's going to, there's only maybe five, six bartenders working. I'm sure Robin, you know, Matt might take a little bit of money, but, but in the end, it's really for their staff to really kind of put some cash in their pocket. That's nice. So it gives you the, yeah. uh, devoted patrons a chance to give back to some of the bartenders that have taken care of you throughout the year. That's cool. Absolutely. And it's, it's kind of like for those, I know I promote this bar a lot and hopefully they're not a sponsor or anything, guys, we can't put this in sponsorship, but we would if they wanted to, but you know, it's just kind of a neighborhood family bar, man. You walk in, they know your name and shake their hand. He had, Rob had his kids out there, the twins, uh, selling cookies, by the way, these kids are sharks, man. They're selling like two to $5 cookies. These are not $5 cookies, <laughs> but Hey, he's learning, he's teaching commerce at an early age. Um, and of course, like friend I was with, she was like, yeah, I just, I gave him 10 bucks. I mean, you got, you brought back a Rice Krispie treat and a cookie. What is this? You know, you're getting <laughs> taken by Giacomo, but, uh, that's one of his kids. But anyway, it was, it's a fun night. Um, and, and like I said, the patrons are very loyal to that bar and it's because they do a really good job of making relationships, you know? Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let's, let's jump into it. Uh, week 14 was uh, an eventful week. Uh, there was a lot of injuries as we're going to go over here, and which obviously impact our handicaps going forward. Let's go over some of these. Um, first of all, on Monday night, uh, Kyler Murray, third play of the game. I kind of feel bad for the guy. I mean, I've torn ACL a couple times, but you know he's had a weird year anyway. Kyler Murray just tears that ACL on the you know, non-contact play. He knew it right away. Uh, so he's out for the year, but he's going to be an impact in the next year. And also Arizona, I mean, let's face it, they're tied to this guy. They're in trouble. But I also noted that Cole McCoy, who played the game, he was at least limited in practice yesterday with a neck. I expect him to play, but he's still questionable for this game this week. Yeah, it's uh, really unfortunate news for Kyler, but lucky for him, I guess you could say that he recently signed a huge deal before Ooh. the season started. So I guess you could say that it's better timing than it could have been. And, I mean, presumably he's going to have plenty of time to sit on his couch and play video games. So I'm sure that's a win-win <laughs> in his mind. Couldn't resist. Well, and Arizona's 4-9, and nine, so they, they have yeah, no shot. True. 
Marcus Mariota also hurt, uh, though. Now, there's a lot of weird reports this week, action on this one. It says he's got a needs IR, and, and Ritter is going to start the rookie from Cincinnati, yeah. but I also heard he, he had a baby. I also heard he walked away from the team. I don't really know what the hell's going on with him right now. Wow. Crazy story, indeed. I mean, you have to assume that Atlanta wanted to see what they had in Desmond Ritter when they drafted him. And uh, who would have thought that they would still be in the playoff race at this point because the Bucks have sucked so horribly on the top end. And, I mean, they're probably just resigned to the fact that they're not going to go anywhere in the playoffs even if they make it. So more yeah. worthwhile taking the chance to see what they have in Desmond Ritter. You know, why not? Why not? So... Uh, in Baltimore, I, I see Tyler Huntley. He has a concussion. He did have a full full practice. So he's looking yeah. like he's going to play this week for Baltimore, which is key. Obviously, Lamar Jackson's still out in that one. Um, we've got Buffalo. This is Jordan Phillips. He didn't practice on Wednesday with a shoulder. He's the you know talented nose tackle for Buffalo. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that game a little bit. That's kind of an important handicap there. Uh, our guy Justin Fields in Chicago has an illness. Don't know what that means. He's questionable. I probably expect him to play, but he didn't practice earlier this week. And then your guy, Mike White, he's he's upgraded a probable with those ribs, but he was beaten up pretty good against the uh, against yeah. Buffalo last week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, by all accounts, he's going to play this weekend. But this is an injury that typically would normally see a quarterback go out one to two weeks. We've already seen Justin Herbert play through a similar injury earlier this season and look pretty awful against the Jaguars. So. Really, the, even though he's playing, I think it raises some question marks about his ability to throw the ball down the field. Right. You listed Quinn Williams of the Jets. The defensive tackle has a calf injury. He's questionable. He's really important in that defense. Mm-hmm. On Cleveland, I noted uh, their pretty good uh, linebacker, Jeremiah Awosu-Karamoa. He's, he's out with a foot injury. He's on IR. And that team really is kind of disappointed this year overall. Um, Trevor Lawrence probably will play. He's been playing very well for Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. He has a toe injury. He didn't practice yesterday either. He's questionable. Still would expect him to play, but maybe limits his mobility in the game. Um, I listed a couple other injuries that are just kind of return notes. Uh, Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller are expected to return from the IR, but I don't think they're going to play this week for the Raiders. Uh, maybe it's next week. Maybe they're returning to practice this week. But that's kind of key to their handicap even though they've been scoring without him yeah i mean uh the raiders aren't really going anywhere either let's be honest hey don't say that for a proxy i got i got a note about the proxy in a minute uh <laughs> derwin james uh also questionable for the chargers with his quad injury this guy can't stay on the field i mean i really like him he's a really talented player but what is the deal he cannot get on the field for more than a game or two at a time yeah and then Bosa, he's expected to return from the IR, too, from his groin. But, again, I don't think he's going to play this week, but look for him next week. Cooper Cup for the Rams, officially out, ankle, IR. He's not coming back this year. They stink, obviously, but just to keep that in mind. But how about this one? Kenny Pickett, also in the concussion protocol. This is the second time this, this year that he's got a concussion. He said limited practice, which means he might return. But that affects the handicap a lot if your guy uh, Mitch comes back or Mason Rudolph, really? Yeah, I heard a report today um, that there was a, a beat reporter who suggested that 
Mitchell Trubisky and Mason Rudolph are splitting reps in practice this week. So I think that we can uh, essentially cross Kenny Pickett off any chance of starting this weekend. This is his second concussion in the last month. So I think the chances of him being out there were super slim. And uh, whether it's Mitch, I was shocked to hear that Mason Rudolph uh, could be playing this weekend because as bad as Mitch has been, I don't think that Mason Rudolph can be any better. I mean, I didn't realize he was still on the team. So there you go. Uh, last note was Debo Samuel, you know, a tough injury, kind of got bent over a yeah. player. You know, he did score a touchdown in the game, and he got bent over a player, you know, kind of on a rush. So he's an MCL sprain. He's out for at least a couple of weeks, which will affect San Francisco's offense tonight. Mm-hmm. Let's go over our picks last week. First of all, actually, congratulations. We finally did it. 5-0, and baby. And I will tell you, and this is the controversy, we we when we have put in our own picks, we are nine and one this year. I'm not blaming Trump, <laughs> but I'm just saying that's we're nine, nine and one. Ninety percent. We put in the picks. You're right. I was there on site at the MGM Saturday. Put the picks in. Five and zero. Oh. Five and zero. Oh. So listen, proxy, step up your game, baby. I mean, let's do this here. <laughs> I'm sure he's listening. So uh, let's start up. First of all, we picked the Eagles, and I will say overall, just you know, and you know, we're we're patting ourselves on the back. You know, it'll hurt next week if we don't do so well. But seven and one overall on our picks last week, actually, we definitely nailed last week. So yeah, yeah. Eagles were the first game. Uh, they were six at land, six and a half. They just dominated the Giants. I mean, it wasn't even close. We were all over this one. Uh, Giants get beat 48 to 22 in this one, and the Eagles get to clinch the playoff spot. They're really, I think. Out there a game, maybe two games away from clinching the one seed, basically. So they're they're back up, backfiring on all cylinders. Yeah, dominating performance. I don't recall a single stop that the Giants had, certainly in the first half. I right. had the under in this game as well, so ended up basically about even. But uh, the <laughs> Eagles just were scoring at will. Yeah, A.J. Brown had a big game. I think they had two receivers over 100 yards with Devontae Smith, too. Mm-hmm. So, And also... I don't know if you had your futures on um, Jalen Hurts, but he obviously vaulted back into the number one seed for the uh, for the MVP as well. And then the Jets. Okay, the Jets were, were getting nine and a half on the road at Buffalo. We like this game. Admittedly, it was a little bit dicey. They were yeah. down big in this one, they, but they came back. Now, the weather conditions were terrible in Buffalo, which are going to happen a lot now this time of year. But, you know, they had a chance to get – really actually in the game, but then our guy Michael uh, Carter fumbled the ball when they were maybe going to get in there for a score, but thank God they got the late field goal to get us in the back door for the 20-12. to 12. You know, they lost the game 20-12, to 12, but get inside the number for us. They did have a chance to the onside kick, too, so mm-hmm. maybe a little closer than the score indicates. Yeah, definitely. I mean, watching the game, it felt like Buffalo was in control, certainly in the second half. I mean, the first half, very little scoring. But when you go back and look at the box score, the Jets actually outgained them 309 to 232 and uh, 269 to 147 passing yards. So it was certainly not quite as dominating uh, from the stats indication. And uh, we were, I think, quite frankly, lucky to get the cover, but it happened and we'll take it. We'll take it for once, right, Action? Mm-hmm. Once this year. Uh, the Jags, we like the Jags. We ended up backing off the Jags, but they were getting three and a half at the Titans. Um, they just destroyed the Titans, didn't they? They came out, you know, I've heard a stat, and it may not be a right stat, but I don't want to throw it out there. It just gives you the idea. Trevor Lawrence, you know, he hasn't been turning the ball over. I think he's like, you know, just, just throwing touchdown passes every week. 
playing really well. They won 36-22 outright. They're actually only two games back of the Titans now. So, and the Titans have now lost three straight games. There's a chance the Jags can win this division. Yeah. The uh, Titans' pass defense is in a world of hurt right now. 368 passing yards for Trevor Lawrence and the Jags offense. And the week before that, recall, it was Jalen Hurts and the Eagles that torched them. And uh, yeah. I think that they are certainly a team that's trending downward, especially on that side of the football. Okay. We've been all over the Bengals lately. They've won five straight now. They beat the Browns pretty convincingly, uh, 23 to 10. You know, this Watson return, he looks rusty and not really motivated. So, no, no, it was kind of a rocking chair one for us in this one as they laid the five and they got and they covered covered easily. Five and a half. Yeah, I wish that they would have gotten a little more margin and then I really could have <laughs> called it a rocking chair. It was a little sweaty there, I'll admit, but uh, certainly a dominating performance when you look at the box score, indeed. For sure. Your Lions, your hometown Lions, I'm surprised you're under golf jersey on. They laid two and a half, uh, and they just complete. well, I shouldn't, you know what, this was, we'll talk about this one a little bit. The Lions stay red hot, let's put that. The offense put up the points, 34-23, they win this game. They did give up a shit ton of yards to Minnesota, including 223 yards for Jefferson. So even though they won by two scores, eh, Minnesota was closer than, than it showed in the scoring, but this was like an up and down affair. Yeah, back and forth. And I think there was towards the end of the second quarter, there was a big play in the game where the Vikings were driving down, looking to punch in a game tying touchdown. And I think it was Cook or Madison that fumbled and ultimately changed the momentum going right into the halftime right. break. And then the Lions just came out in the second half and put up some points of plenty and stretched the lead out. So uh, a big win for the Lions, and finally the Vikings showed their true colors, um, which we have been clamoring for the last several weeks based on their metrics and their yards per play. We have been. Their, their defense is terrible. But Matt, I mean, Matt, Matt Campbell, uh, Dan Campbell, 5-1 and one now on those last six, or 5 out of 6, right? Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, four out of five. That, 5 four in a row, I believe. Yeah. yeah, they lost to the Bills on Thanksgiving, and that's, that's the only right. loss of late, so... The Broncos, uh, nine-and-a-half-point dogs at home against the Chiefs. Now, this was a little dicey, too, action, but, you know, Chiefs were all over them. You know, you, you texted me. I was playing volleyball, thank God, because, you know, <laughs> when Wilson threw the pick six and they're down, like, 27 and nothing, uh, you know, you're like microcosm of the season, and I, I come back to my phone, I'm like, what's the problem? Broncos covered, baby. But the second half? The Chiefs gave up a lot of points here. And not to mention, the Broncos obviously had a lot of turnovers that they forced from Mahomes, and they get in, you know, covered, you know, 24, 34-28 uh, was the final score. So they did cover the number and actually had a chance to win the game. Yeah, three interceptions for Patrick Mahomes, I think, was really the name of the game in this one. But I will admit that uh, Russell played well in this game. Mm -hmm. Uh, 263 passing yards, and, you know, after the 27-0 hole, they actually started passing the ball, and he showed some fight on that late goal line scramble, which ended up knocking him out the rest of the game. And thankfully, Brett Rippon scored on a fourth down conversion to get us within the number. So this was definitely a nice cover. I don't know if it was warranted. Yeah. We'll take it. Yeah, we'll take it. We'll take it. Uh, we also had the 49ers on our card. They were three-and-a-half-point favorites at home against uh, Tampa. You alluded to Tampa and how they're playing. We knew this. I think a lot of people should have known this. I mean, they destroyed them 35-7. to 7. This game wasn't close. 
Brock Purdy in his start. I guess, you know, this is kind of a stupid stat now, but Brock Purdy is the only rookie quarterback in his first start or something against Brady to win or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. but I just, he did play well. He did play very well, but it's really the defense and the fact that Tampa's offense can't do anything. Yeah, this was definitely the rocking chair of the night. Didn't even really have to look up from the dice table during this game because it was over after the second touchdown. That's right. That's right. Uh, the only one we didn't do great on was the Cardinals. The Cardinals were one-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the uh, Patriots. Kind of a tough, different game when you lose Murray on the third play. McCoy kept it close early, but in the second half, they kind of – it was like back-to-back turnovers, including – a. It's a pick six or a fumble recovery yeah. turn, return touchdown to open this game up, and the final score was 27-13 for the Patriots. So that was our only miss on the weekend. Yeah, the Patriots' defense are really rounding into form. That's some a note that I jotted down because they played well, and now they're getting back one of their tremendous defensive linemen this week. So they're only going to be looking to get better. Yeah, and they're technically in the seventh seed right now in the in the uh, playoff hunt in the NFC. So that last week was all uh, uh, favorites, eight and five to the dogs uh, coming back, but the unders didn't come in. It was it was six it was you know six and seven on the on the week, and three more games only mattered for the spread. Still hovering around that every week now. As we go into week 15, so we're done with the buys action. We're done with them, but here's what's weird about our contest. We got Saturday games now, which kind of makes it tough because maybe we could do the Saturday night game, but unless we're going to put our picks in early proxy, uh, we're obviously going to lose tonight's game and then also probably the, there's three games on Saturday this week. So, tough one. Yeah, we'll uh, have to go to the first one. We'll have to see how we feel about these games. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to putting in some picks before 1 p.m. Eastern time if we need to. Certainly, you need to coordinate with Dave, but. Uh... Maybe I'll fly back out yeah, there and sure. put them in myself. Yeah, exactly. Just fly, just fly out there, put in the picks, go five and zero, and leave. That's fine. Um, and we're going to go out there at the end of the season. You know, we're, we're busting in. We're going to get some cash. So, yeah, that's right. all right. So the first game tonight, you know, San Francisco against Seattle. Um, San Francisco opens a three-point favorite on the road, forty-three and a half point total in the contest. It's three and a half, forty-three point total. Purdy is going to play tonight. I think that's maybe why there's a little tick up there. I don't know what's going on right now in the game. We're starting a little later than normal on our taping. I'd be on the Niners again. I know that Seattle's home field, and they actually own this matchup in this weird NFC West, but Seattle just can't defend anybody anymore. They're just trending downward. Yeah, I mean, uh, the before the game kicked off, it started already, but the Seahawks mm-hmm. were the side, I'll admit, down four, down to three and a half, and you saw some threes pop, as you mentioned. I think it was really just going against the Brock Purdy injury. You know, he popped up on the right. injury report this week, too, with some ribs, and it sounds like he wasn't really throwing all week. And then, obviously, the loss of Debo Samuel, I think, is going to be impactful for this Niners offense, but we right. shall see. We'll see. Uh, okay, so the first game on Saturday, uh, we've got the Colts against the Vikings. Uh, the Vikings opened as a five-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Now it's three-and-a-half in the contest. The total went from 46.5 to 47.5. We do know Matt Ryan's going to start again for the Colts. You know, obviously, Frank Reich can't start this guy, but, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jeff Saturday. Hey, he's on Saturday. Oh, um, Saturday. 
I don't know, Action. I know I know you're anti-Vikings. I feel that. I do know. And they're not their defense is atrocious. Um I don't know though if I can get on board with the Colts. The the market is for it. Oh, they're kind of thinking that there's gonna be money coming in on the Colts, at least for Circa. Yeah. I'm not advocating for going early, but I, I kind of feel like the number is this four and a half, not three and a half. So I feel like a little value to Vikings, even though, you know, we know their defense sucks. Yeah, perhaps. I mean, the opener was definitely five and a half. And so mm-hmm. you got to think that the money coming in on Indianapolis thus far to bring this down is real. Um, I think it's really just a fade against the Vikings defense. 22nd ranked, um, 27th, uh, I'm sorry, 25th against the run. And, um, you know, on the other side, the Colts defense has actually played pretty well this season. It's the one unit who's mm-hmm. stood up in most of these games, 12th ranked and uh, 15th against the pass. But I think, uh, for me, the place I'm looking in this game is the total. I'm playing it over because I think that the Minnesota defense is going to give the Colts some points in this one. And on the other side, I think Minnesota is going to score as well. So I bet this uh, 47.5, I think, and I still think that there's some value going up to 48. As for the side, I'm kind of with you. I I definitely have no interest in playing the Vikings, but I'm happy to pass. No, don't really want to go on the Colts either. For sure. Let's pass. Uh, the 4.30 game now on Saturday is the Ravens against the Browns. Uh, the Browns open as a two-point favorite. They're up to two and a half. The total went from 38 and a half to 37 and a half. A little confused by this action. Uh, maybe you can give me some metrics and tell me why the Ravens, maybe they're bad against the run. But the Browns haven't looked that impressive in the last few weeks. And to me, the Ravens are starting to play a little bit better. I mean, they obviously got the win last week against the Steelers. And, and a lot of people were on the Steelers in that game. And, I, mm-hmm. again, my metrics tell me the Ravens are a better team than the Steelers and also better than the Browns. So tell me why we should take the Browns or, or you know, stick with the Ravens here. Well, I think initially you saw a little movement in the market in this game because of the status of Tyler Huntley, mm-hmm. uh, his questionable tag uh could have brought about anthony richardson i think is the name of the third string quarterback and uh that would be a pretty serious downgrade because i don't think he could even pass if he wanted to so um (laughs) huntley obviously has that ability and i think though even even though it is going to be huntley presumably he's obviously battling uh, a concussion so there's no real given that he's going to come out and play to what his normal status quo will be. And and I think for that reason, you're not seeing a ton of movement in this market, at least off the two and a half. And Mm -hmm. um, I'm with you though. The Browns have certainly been under impressive lately. And I think it's hard to make a case for that side, but I'm not sure that I could get behind the Ravens just knowing what Tyler Huntley is. Any one hit could knock him out of the game. And then we're stuck with Anthony Richardson on our ticket. Sure. No, it makes sense. Makes sense. I'm okay to pass. I'll definitely take the Ravens in my contest, though. So, because um, yeah, I just I don't know what the, with the Browns. It's it's a lost year. I mean, I knew that it would be lost with. It was weird because they started off seemingly well. Yeah. And it's not like Seth played badly, but you know, and I knew that it wasn't going to be a magic run when Watson came back, but he's been he's been not good. So. I did hear okay, a report. Talk. The beat reporters are suggesting that Watson is now going to be looking to push the ball down the field. We haven't seen that in the okay. first two weeks. And I don't know if it's just a matter of time for them to get in sync or whatnot, but all the talk this week 
in the interviews have been that the Browns are ready to throw the ball down the field. We'll see if it happens. The last two weeks, I mean, <laughs> he was just checking down. We were waiting for it. <laughs> Wait for it. And nobody, and I'm sure nobody from the Ravens is listening to this. Yeah, game, right. So. Um, <laughs> all right, so the Saturday night game is a pretty good game. It's the 815, uh, I guess that's Eastern time. The, the Finns are going to Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo is a seven, they open as a seven and a half point favorite at home, 47 point total. The total's down to 44 with a, the seven point spread now for the Bills. Uh, I don't know about the weather report. If it's not, maybe not going to be like last week, we're just pouring rain. It's going to be bad. So that's probably why the total's going down. Look, I like the Bills in the spot. I don't love the seven, but at first when I wrote, you know, my article, I'm like, you know, the Bills are going to smash. They they lost a tough one in Miami. I don't think two is going to be able to push the ball like you normally can in the weather. Uh, it's just the Bills just don't run the ball. I wish they ran the goddamn ball, dude. If they ran the ball, then you know they're going to cover this number because it doesn't matter how the weather is. But besides Josh Allen, they still don't run the football. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll start with the weather. There's supposed to be a considerable amount of lake effect snow on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why you've seen some pretty wild moves in the total this week. At one point, I think it was yesterday, Tuesday or Wednesday, it went down to 41 and a half. And, of course, the the weather reporters then decided that the snow pan was going to be a different direction or something. And so uh, one group went on the total and pushed it up to 45 and a half. And then today, Thursday, we saw a new report that suggested it will be pretty snowy and it's down back down to 44 and a half. So all that being said, we certainly aren't going to know the weather until Saturday. But uh, regardless, I think it's going to be crappy. And uh, for that reason, I'm with you. I think that the edge has to go to Buffalo because despite, you know, these being professional football players, they still live in Miami. And I don't think that they're going to be fully equipped to handle this snow game. Last week in Los Angeles, there was reports of them using heaters on the sideline in the 50-degree weather at uh, at the SoFi Stadium. So I don't know that they're going to be ready for this. And I think that the Buffalo Bills are going to be ready for some revenge after what happened in the 90-degree heat in Miami in Game 1. Yeah, Do you? but would you lay the points? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I like that. I was uh, pleasantly surprised to see this come out at seven and not seven and a half, to be honest with you. I like this one a lot. Okay. Well, let's, let's put it as yellow. I, I mean, I do like the bills here in the spot. I think it's revenge. And it's also, I mean, basically the bills, I mean, they still can lose the division, but they're kind of exacting their revenge, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're going to, they win this game. Now they got the split with both the jets and the bills, and then they just have to beat the Patriots to win the division, you know, and, and they're still obviously on track for one seed. The Finns, you know, obviously got beat up against the Niners last week, but more importantly, you know, they're not a lock for the playoffs. They got to keep yeah. winning. You know? So when they go back home, maybe they got a shot. And we didn't even talk about the Dolphins' injuries. I got to mention. I mean, the tackles are out. Teron Armstead hasn't played in two yeah. weeks. Austin Jackson is on right. IR, and that has obviously impacted the passing game. They've sucked the last two weeks first in San Francisco, and then last week against the Chargers. They couldn't do anything offensively, and I don't believe that they're all of a sudden going to turn it around against this Buffalo Bills defense. Well, we didn't talk about that game, but, I mean, Tyreek Hill scored on a weird fumble play, Yeah, picked, scooped the fumble, and ran 50 yards, and then the other play, the defender fell down 
Otherwise, they score three points against the Chargers. Right. The Chargers aren't good. Mm-hmm. So you're right. I mean, they haven't scored a lot of points. I just think they're. I I noted in the in the Miami run when they were what five in a row or something, they played nobody. Yeah. Nobody. Mm-hmm. You know, they. You look at the teams that they beat. You know, and even some of the games were closer, even like the Bears game. Yep. They, they don't lies. stop anybody. So I think they're pretenders. I forgot to make the paper tiger, dude. God, I'm too <laughs> busy at work. Next week. I'm gonna get this paper tiger from across the hey, street. Another five and zero. Oh. Or 10-0. We can build as many Tigers as you want. There we go. There we go. All right. Let's go to the Sunday games. Uh, the 1 o'clock window, we've got the Cowboys against the Jags. Uh, 6.5 point opener for the Cowboys, down to 3.5 now. Uh, the total went from 45.5 up to 48. So I'm not sure when the 6.5 came out. But obviously, there's a lot of, I don't know if that's steam move or just people just betting the Jags now. I do... I'm gonna I'm gonna say it one more time. It's it's the strip club effect. The uh, Jacks something is going on in Jacksonville. They are good at home because of something, but the Cowboys are definitely better than the Jacks. Okay, let's put that out there. But I don't like the hook. I mean, I I think that I don't know if I can get on board the Jags, but they are definitely a salty team at home for, for whatever reason. Call it the you know whatever the Jacksonville flu. Um, what is your take on this game? This move is very real. Six and a half down mm-hmm. to four, and the Circa knows that this number is going down further. I think that it's going to close at three or less because I think the Jaguars are the side in this game. The Cowboys have not been impressive the last three weeks in a row now. They should have lost last week to the Texans. And um, the week before that, despite the exponential blow up in the fourth quarter, the Colts were within two points at the beginning of that fourth quarter. And um, mm-hmm. I think that this Jaguars team has now caught some sight of the division leaders in the Titans, and they've obviously mm-hmm. found something on offense after they dismantled the Titans last week. So, I mean, they're going to have to protect Lawrence, obviously, against the vaunted pass rush uh, that the Cowboys mm-hmm. bring. But I think that they're set up to do that. They're sixth-ranked offensive line, adjusted sack rate, and – um, I think that they're going to be able to run the ball a little bit as well. And Trevor Lawrence, you mentioned earlier, is playing very well right now. So mm-hmm. I do like the Jaguars quite a bit and even more with the hook on here. Wow. Are you going, are going yellow on the Jags, huh? I think so. How are you in? You know this game's not in London, right? No. You you already touched on the uh, the strip club <laughs> effect. It's true. They got a bunch of young guys in the defensive line for the, for the Cowboys. They're just – Half a step slow after going out too late, you know, in Jackson. Yeah. All right, let's go to the next game. The Steelers are going to the Panthers. Uh, the Panthers open as a one-point one favorite at home. Now they're two-and-a-half in the contest from 38-and-a-half down to 37-and-a-half. We talked about the quarterback situation, so we don't think Pickett's going to play. We know Trubisky and definitely Rudolph would be a downgrade. But let's talk about these Panthers. I mean, not only can they win the division, but – Sam Darnold's playing okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, is he, he's the guy. He's their fourth quarterback this year. He's playing pretty well. I mean, I would have loved the one, but I might still be able to get on board with a two and a half here. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I was just looking up the the uh, numbers. I think Carolina has now covered two in a row with Darnold under quarter <laughs> under center. Right? Certainly last week. Um, sorry, make it four in a row. Atlanta, they went to Seattle, right? Yep, Seattle. Then Denver, they blew out by thir- 
blew out by Panthers metrics by 13. And then uh, they covered against Baltimore the week before that. And Atlanta, they beat by 10 the week before that. So four straight covers now. I think that offensively they found something with Darnold. And um, mm-hmm. certainly, just like the last game, they're going to have to protect him against the Pittsburgh Steelers defensive line. But for me, right. the handicap is the other side of the ball. This whole nonsense about Mason Rudolph taking snaps is a huge red flag for me. And oh, yeah. uh, they obviously don't believe in Trubisky. And the fact that they're even going to try to split time with quarterbacks here means they have no quarterback. And I'm happy to line up against the Steelers. All right, let's put it. Let's put a green on the. Panthers. All right. I will say if if the Steelers lose this game, they guarantee that the Tomlin of below 500 for the first time ever, right? Because I think he's at are they at nine nine losses? Not that or eight eight losses now, right? I think it is nine. I think you're right oh, on. Oh, I already did it. Yeah. Okay. My bad. My bad. I thought it was one more. Let's take a look. Yeah, they are. They got eight. They're five and eight. Okay. They, they need one more to, to make it happen. So. Word. All right, next game, we've got the Eagles against the Bears uh, at home. The Bears at home. Bears are getting 9.5 at home, 48.5-point uh, total. Numbers haven't changed in the circuit contest. 9.5 and 48.5. You know, I can't I can't line up with the Bears, dude. This defense is terrible. Um, but it's kind of a big line for the Eagles. You know what I mean? It's just – it's not inflated. This is really a you know fair number. might be a little bit light, actually. But I just feel like I know that I mean the total. We talk about the total. Bears defense terrible. But we know the Eagles defense. Unless they're kind of getting soft and want to pull back the horses, they should cover the number and you know put up put up some points. But I prefer to stay away. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think um, I would probably lean to the Bears to be honest in a in a contest pick. This is another game that's lining up to be pretty darn crappy weather i think frigid mm-hmm. temperatures on the lakefront and uh you just can't really see the philadelphia eagles trying to run up some margin on them i think they're going to be more likely than not going to try to just get out of dodge take their victory and get home so i would probably right. lead to the dog here but i certainly am with you and i'm not sure that we want to put a contest play behind it right right in the one o'clock window, the uh, Chiefs are playing the Texans. Uh, the Chiefs are 14-point favorites on the road. The total went from 47 to 49 and a half. Um, now, the Texans didn't end up starting Mills. They started some other dude. Did they start last week? Uh, damn it. He played Driscoll. Mason. Driscoll. Jeff Driscoll. Driscoll. So I don't know if that matters. Um, was he a is he a Purdue guy? Who was that guy? No. Driscoll, I think he was a quarterback or a backup in Cincinnati for some time. Yeah, I can't yeah, tell you where he went to college. Yeah, I mean, I think the Houston had their game last week. They played really well against Dallas. I'm not sure they're going to do that again. Um, and the Chiefs, it's a big number. I, you know, the Chiefs can't aren't covering these big numbers. That's why we went with Denver. But this is the Texans. They can't stop anybody. So I'm happy to pass this one, actually, unless you're really on the Chiefs here. No, no, no. I, I I think you nailed it. I mean, we have talked week over week how this Kansas City team has a really hard time covering these numbers recently. Mm-hmm. And um, I, for that reason, I don't think I could get behind them. But I think that you make a really strong counterpoint in that the Houston Texans gave it. That was their game last week 
where they really laid it all out and I could foresee them falling flat on their face this week. And so I think it's a pass. Agreed. Yep. Me too. All right. Let's, let's talk about this game. This is going to be a battle game. Can't Lions wait. against the Jets. Your great Lions have been playing great against the, the salty Jets and the Jets open as a one point favorite at home. 47 and a half point total. It's down to 44 and a half. It's down to a pick in the contest, even though the market is still at, actually it's the Jets one and a half right now. So Circa's taking a stance that everybody's going to bet the Lions at some point. Again, weather's not going to be great here. I don't know, dude. I'm on the Jets, man. I I know that your Lions are playing great, but have they played a good defense like in the last four or five weeks? No. Um, they played the Bills on Thanksgiving, but you know that wasn't. Eh. Yeah, and they played pretty well against the Bills. I think, uh, if I recall, they they scored some points on them. They should have won the game, probably. Um, but I, I think that you're on to something here because most of the damage that the Lions' offense has done this season has been at home or mm-hmm. uh, inside of a dome on the road. Right. They played well at Atlanta. They played well at Minnesota early in the season and and at the bears fair point but uh the couple of games where they actually went on the road and played against a good defense in the cowboys and the patriots Mm -hmm. they did not fare well and so i think that uh, the jets certainly qualify as a good defense they're sixth ranked Mm -hmm. in dvoa and further there's going to be some cold temperatures in new york on sunday as well and Jared Goff historically has fared very poorly in these types of conditions in outdoor environments. So mm-hmm. while I really like the Lions, I hope that they play well this weekend. I certainly won't be betting on it. And uh, I do think, though, that Quinn and Williams' loss is going to be a huge factor in this game because he has been their run stuffer on that interior of the defensive line. And sure. uh, Swift is now getting healthy again. So if the lions are able to devise a game plan where they don't really have to rely on the passing game, I think that they might be able to hang in this one and keep it pretty tight and close to the vest. And on the other side, the lion's defense has been playing better lately. And so I'm not really uh, convinced that a banged up Mike white and the jets are going to be able to score a lot on them either. So are you, are you feeling good about that side of the ball enough to put some money on the jets? Well, I mean, let me put it this way. I, I don't know. I think it's a great matchup. I love the coaches. I like the, mm-hmm. for them to get out there and wrestle, be like a battle royale against two of the strongest <laughs> coaches in the league. It's probably a battle of wills. I think so with the Jets. I would put it as a yellow. I, I'd like to talk about it again. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I guess, see, to me, the circum move. Maybe it's just a, not a gimme, but I think people are behind the lines like we were last week. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, but the metrics, I mean, they're, they're actually pretty close to the metrics, but I just don't think the Lions line up well against this team. You know, this is a team that can punch you in the mouth and, and mess up your game. So maybe you're right. Maybe they'll be able to run the ball on the Lions. So or maybe the Lions can run the ball, but. I think the Jets decide. I mean, obviously you're not getting any points. It's just a pick, so yeah. it's uh, maybe it's maybe it's a stay away in the end. I bet yeah. you this game is picked both sides in, in the contest, like a lot. You know? True. Yeah, I I definitely do not uh, 
foresee myself getting behind the Lions. So mm-hmm. um, I agree. It's something we could probably revisit on Saturday. The other thing that I heard was that uh, Jared Goff has much better numbers against zone defenses. The Vikings last mm-hmm. week played zone defense. Um, some of their other recent opponents, I think the Jaguars, zone defense, and the Giants. But this Jets team historically lines you up and plays man-to-man. I mean, they have Sauce Gardner, who is the best-rated cover corner in the league this year. So Jared Goff presumably is going to be in for a down day. And he's got other weapons now. The the Williams kid is is healthy now. True. And he played well last week. And then obviously Shark is back. Uh, But I agree. These guys have been playing indoors a lot. I think it'll be a different game. I mean, look at the Jets. I mean, having to play in Buffalo and come home to this slop. So mm-hmm. they're going to be ready to play in it. Um, so I'm, I'm glad they're actually not favored now in the contest because yeah. now it's just a slug of game, you know. It is a good number. Let's go to the next one. Uh, last in the 1 o'clock window is Atlanta against the uh, Saints. We talked about Ritter starting here. The Saints open as a three-point favorite at home. Now it's up to 3.5 with that news. The total went from 42 to 43.5. Man, I, I don't know, dude. I, originally, I was like, oh, I'll be all over the Saints because Ritter's starting. What is with this team this year? They stink. I mean, I, they're almost unwatchable to me. And I know the defense is supposed to be good, but they have their bad weeks. Atlanta certainly is folding up the tent, but I do like the coaching staff. And so, I don't know. I don't know which side to pick in this game. It's tough. I mean, Ritter is a complete unknown, and part of me wants to think that because he's an unknown, there might be actually a little bit of sneaky value on the Atlanta side because there's no tape on him. And Mariota, quite frankly, has sucked. I don't think he's throwing the ball more than like 10 yards down the field the whole season. And you got to think that Desmond Ritter is going to be prepared to get it down the field. So... Mm -hmm. I don't know. Part of me wants to think that there's a little sneaky value on the Falcons, but I don't know if there's enough conviction on my end to get behind them in the contest. It's probably a pass on my end. Yeah, let's just pass. Keep it simple. Okay, here we go. Patriots at the Raiders. Uh, Patriots open as a one-point favorite in this one. It's pick in the contest. The total hasn't moved from 44.5. So you know, we didn't talk about the Raiders' meltdown last week. They were on a roll. They were playing great, and then they gave up seven, what is it, 14 points in the last four minutes of the last game. It was shocking. Um, the Patriots, as you said, the defense is playing better, but they also, you know, the Raiders have put up points on pretty much everybody. So the pick makes sense. This is a pretty even game to me. Uh, originally, when I saw that the Raiders were, you know, one-point dog at home, I was kind of on them, but I'm not sure if I feel as convicted about that now. Yeah, I uh, I read that the Patriots were staying out west this week after the game in Arizona. They set up camp somewhere in Arizona, far from Vegas. <laughs> Smart of Belichick to do so. And uh, <laughs> I think that uh, the Patriots are really peaking right now, especially on the defensive side of the football. They're third-ranked defensively, and they're getting a defensive tackle back this week who is a stout run stopper. And I think that he is going to aid them in stopping Josh Jacobs. And mm-hmm. offensively, the Patriots certainly have not been world beaters, 25th ranked, but now they get the league's second worst defense. And so 
I think when yeah. you look at both sides of the ball in this game, I can't help but think that the Patriots have an edge in both matchups. And for me, I think mm. there's a ton of value on them at Pickham in this game. Mm. Okay. You know, we picked wrong on the Raiders all season. Fair. <laughs> but that's a fallacy. you got to go forward, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the Patriots, let's talk about the other night. I mean, their, their offense sucks. I mean, they're yeah. terrible. And, and I mean, I don't know, Patricia's got the, the pencil. Did you, you, have you watched the Manning cast yet? No, I'm sorry. I missed it, though. I'm sure it was good. You gotta watch it. They talked about the pencil in the ear. Like, what is the deal? What's he doing with that pencil? Because he can't call plays. Um, so, I don't know. <laughs> I guess we can go yellow on the Patriots, but you might need to do some convincing. I just... I think the Raiders, they can just outscore this team. I know that the defense is good, but I don't see the Patriots outright shutting them down. Um, they need The Patriots need this game to be the low total. They need it to be like yeah. 21 to 17 or something. And the Raiders can put up three scores on this team. So I don't know, man. I, I don't want to consult the proxy on this one because we know his answer for this one. But it's, <laughs> I, the other thing, too, I guess the angle we should talk about that maybe is relevant is – you know, how many of the disciples of Belichick have beaten him, you know, in their first time out? Mm. You know, I'm sure that Daniel's, McDaniel has some t- tendencies that Belichick knows about. So that's probably yeah. a bigger angle that we take for the Patriots versus the actual team, you know? Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. That's a really strong point. I'd, I, I'm, right, not so sure. I, I'm not so sure the Raiders are going to score that much against yeah. this Patriots defense. I got to be honest. I think that they're good and getting better week after week. Okay. We'll see. I mean, Judon's had a good year. Yeah. And obviously Carr's not a mobile quarterback as we talked about last week with Kyler. So maybe you're right. We'll see. All right. Let's go to the four o'clock window. Arizona's going to the Broncos. This game opened as a pick and now it's up to two and a half in the contest for the Broncos at home. The total went from 36 and a half to 37 and a half. I guess we'll assume Colt McCoy is starting. The Broncos finally put up some points. It was the first time they scored over like 15 points in like a, you know, since the beginning of the season or something. So can they keep it rolling against this Arizona team? I'm not sure. I think maybe. I think they're better than Arizona. I think Arizona's not a very good football team, to be honest with you, but. I don't love, you know, to, I mean, it's a field goal game, right? It's not it's not like they're favored by six points or something, but to me, the number's about right. I think I had it like three and a half, four, but I'd be on the Denver side. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's a Denver pass, but we didn't mention at the top, I, I'm not sure that Russell Wilson is going to play this mm. week. I mean, that the hit that he took in that game was nasty. I mean, he it was like Tua like his hands were all folded up and his his face was blank. Don't want to really rehash it now, but I'm reading here he's questionable and it's unknown if he's going to play on Sunday. And so if it's Brett Rippon versus Colt McCoy, I don't really have any interest in touching it whatsoever, to be honest. All right, well skip, easy okay. skip. But then the total you'd like under? Yeah, yeah. That would you say 37 and a half? 37 and a half right now. 37s are starting to pop. I see 136 and a half at FanDuel. I could look no other direction. I'm sure it's as soon as Russell Wilson gets ruled out, it's going to keep going that direction. Yeah, exactly. Okay, here we go. 
can I interest you in a Bengals-Tampa game? So you've got the Bengals laying three and a half on the road. Uh, total went from 41 and a half to 44. And the, in the contest, the total or the uh, spread is still three and a half for the Bengals. Am I missing something? I mean, the Bucks stink. I, we've been talking about the Bucks making their last stand for about two months now. I'm not saying they're going to roll throw in the towel because they are at home. You got Tom Brady, yada yada. Unless the Bengals have a dud, I don't see why you wouldn't take the Bengals here. So talk me out of it. I it's hmm. I I hear what you're saying, but for mm-hmm. me it's just the price in this game. Yeah. They uh, last week the Browns came to town to Cincinnati, and Cincinnati was favored by four at home. And so now Cincinnati hits the road to Tampa Bay, and they're laying an almost equal number, three and a half, on the road at Tampa Bay. Do you mm-hmm. think that uh, Tampa Bay is, when comparing them to Cleveland, is a, a six-point downgrade? I'm not so sure about that. I mean, you could debate on what the Cleveland and Tampa Bay number would be, but uh, I think the, the difference in the two price points from last week to this week is pretty significant. And I'm not so sure that the move should be quite this far. Um, going to Tampa Bay, three and a half is not a good number. I, I think if it was three, certainly could have me more interested. Two and a half would be a totally different story altogether, but the hook scares me. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, the, I mean, the thing is they're not going to put three in the contest because everybody sure. would take. Yeah. So, I mean, I do make the number two and a half, three, like you said. So, it's really just this boils down to my theory. How important is the spread? Is yeah. Cincinnati going to win this game? And are they going to be one of the one of two to three games that doesn't cover the number? Um, look, it's going to take the Brady game, right? Or yeah. somebody running the football for this team who never does. So I don't know. I just think Joe Burrow is going to have a chance to like. Go for the blood here, man. I mean, the guy's playing, and this is your guy from LSU. Like, <laughs> he's got his weapons. They're going to score on this defense. And this defense is, for Tampa, is pretty good. But I don't think it matters for Joe Burrow. He don't give a shit. He's going, he's lighting it up. So, I mean, your implied totals, you know, that it's a pretty low total game. So, three and a half does give you the value to Tampa. But yeah, I just think they're going to win the game. I mean, I mean they're going to win the game. So, we can stay away. I'm happy to stay away. But I do think... I would. I'm definitely taking Bengals in my contest, sure. and um, maybe it's a contrarian pick. I don't know. Yeah, I'm certainly not going to make a case to back the Buccaneers here in this game. I have no interest in backing them when and their three and nine ATS record. But uh, I'm just thinking aloud here no. if this might be like a sixth or a seventh pick just based on the price point. You know? No, I hear you. I hear you. We'll highlight it and revisit. Point counterpoint, man. That's why you're you're the you're thinking like a better. I'm thinking like a you know fan here. So, all right, next uh, four o'clock window game. We got the Titans against the Chargers. Chargers open as a two and a half point favorite. It's up to three in the contest. Forty five and a half point total up to forty six and a half. Okay, this is gonna be a tough one. Uh, maybe it isn't for you because I think I know where you're going. But look, the Chargers are a different football team when they have. Williams and, and Allen. And they played last week and they played pretty well. We know where, you know, 
we know where our guy is with the flowing locks. I'm trying to grow it out. I can't do it. Actually, I can't. I can't do the Justin Herbert. I just can't do it. But <laughs> the Chargers can't stop the run, right? Is that changed? Yeah. No. <laughs> so the Titans have to be the pick. I. I, I mean, it's like I can't. Wow. I, I know that the Titans aren't playing really good, but aren't they just gonna run the ball down the throat of the Chargers? Yeah, they should. Yeah. But. The Chargers are going to pass the ball down the throat of the Titans. I I don't see how either defense in this game is going to get a stop. And uh, I wish that we could take uh, over 46 and a half in the contest because that's probably my favorite bet this whole week. I'm going to be looking to play some alt overs in this game because I I just don't see how either defense is going to stop the other. The question is, is the Herbert... Chargers passing game going to trump Derrick Henry smashing it down your throat. And I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I For that reason, you got to figure that there's some value on the dog here because yeah. of uh, the sort of even even uh, nature of the two offensive success. Um, well, are the Titans going to lose four games in a row? Maybe. I mean, this is the, they lost three in a row. Yeah. And if they and I'm saying they could. Now the Chargers need to win. I mean they're they're not even in the playoffs right now. This is a great football game. I mean this yeah. is an awesome game. I wish they flexed this to Monday night because Monday night game's trash. This game's pretty good. It has relevancy. So I just relevance. I just think that it's um it's a good game and I'm happy to stay away too, but I think man, it, it kind of works like both sides of the thing. We know the Chargers Somebody says Chargers are going to charge her, right? Yeah. So they're finally favored again. Right? Last week they were dogs at home. Perfect True. time take Chargers. This week Chargers. They came off a big win. They're going to play great. The Titans are going to come in. Brable and the gang. They're going to play smash mouth football. It's going to be a tight game in the fourth quarter, and the Chargers are going to blow it. I mean that's just that's the game. I mean I just mm-hmm. I hope that's not true for the Chargers because I always love them, but. Yeah, I like the Titans at least as a yellow. Thank you. I I, I already bet the Titans on Mm -hmm. Sunday, Monday, whenever I was coming home when I got back to Michigan. But, I mean, you you mentioned it, but Vrabel, Staley, I mean, (laughs) I I think that there's a huge coaching mismatch in this game too. So I'm with you. I think ultimately throw that all into a pot. you got to figure there's value taking three with the dog here. Right. Let's just hope. One of the things that maybe why the Titans aren't playing so good, didn't they lose Harold Landry a couple of weeks ago and their pass rush isn't as good or something? That's probably what's up, but, you know. Pass we'll rushes. Yeah, not not great. 23rd. Not happening. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Sunday night game is the Giants against the Commanders. Uh, Commanders open as a four-point favorite at home, 39.5 point total. Totals up to 40.5, and in, in circuits, 4.5 with the Commanders home uh that's pretty much the market from what i'm seeing too so it's very reflective of the market so look i love the commanders they're back we we talked about the schedule advantage for them yeah it's kind of a big number though it's a big number so do we believe in the spread do we believe in it or just say screw it the commanders are going to punch the giants right in the face (laughs) punch them in the face i think it's the right number I, I make What's it three. I, I think it's the right number. I make it mm-hmm. three and a half on a neutral, and so you know, crappy home field, probably four and a half is a good number. Yep. Um, Me too. Yeah. 
do you think that the scheduling spot is factored into this though i mean based on what i'm showing here and i know you do your own numbers do you think mm -hmm. that the raw number is mistaking obviously that is not including the scheduling spot we talked about the other week giants by giants so i feel like that there's some built-in advantage here behind that that's not showing in this spread right now on the on the board i agree with you i think the numbers the the spread is the metric right it's we've both come up with the metric of four and a half this is the spread for the game but you're right rest they just played this team they've been preparing for this team for three weeks they didn't play that great in New York, mm -hmm. and the Giants obviously did get their faces kicked last week. So I just think the Giants are trending down. I do like the Commanders quite a bit here. It's four okay. and a half, you know. It's, I wish it was three and a half, but I think we still should go for it. Yeah, I like the Commanders. I think we should uh, make a yellow, though not quite yeah. ready to go green. Yeah. Price, you know, we'll have to mix it in with the other picks here and see. But uh, I'm with you. All right. Last game, Monday night, Rams against the Packers. Packers opened as an eight-point favorite at home. Now it's down to seven. Total is 40 down to 39 and a half. What a, what a stink bomb here. Uh, what a great game to have on Monday night football. You know, it's weird for me to say this, especially with the Pack at home, but I only can go with the Rams here. <laughs> it's just, yeah. I mean, plus seven. They're, they're terrible. They're a terrible football team, but... God, I, I can't watch this Packers team anymore. And even though it's Monday football at home, Aaron Rodgers, blah blah blah, it's just too many points for them this year. I'm happy to stay away too. Action, I, you know, I love these when I get to sit back and not watch the primetime games or just do something else. Yeah, I mean, uh, eight opener has come down to seven, and I think again that money's very real on the dog here because uh, the Packers just flat out stink. And I think we saw last week that the Rams are actually trying to start to run the ball now, presumably mm -hmm. because they have no healthy wide receivers. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I think that uh, this is the team that you want to run against. I, I have a feeling that Akers is going to be in for a nice night against mm -hmm. this Packers run defense. And uh, we've got to say, Baker, despite being arriving like three days before the game last thursday night played pretty well and i know Great. that he is the studious type so i have a feeling he spent the last 10 days a little extra rest getting into the playbook and you got to figure he's going to perform even better than he did 10 days ago mm -hmm. no i agree with you i mean it's rams or pass here um do you want a card though do we highlight it yeah i we can. We can always do it. We got like seven or eight this week. We do have a lot of highlights. <laughs> Let's leave it off. I think we've done well by staying away from Monday nights this year. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, let's review our picks for this week or the ones we'll discuss some more. Uh, Saturday night, Bills at home, laying seven against the Dolphins at the late night spot. Uh, we've got the Jags at home, minus three, no, getting three and a half at home against the Cowboys. Panthers lane two and a half at home against the Steelers in the, the banged up quarterback position. The Jets at home with the pick against the Lions. <clears throat> Talking about the Patriots, I guess it's a pick at the Raiders. Cincinnati laying three and a half at the Bucks. The Titans getting three on the road at the Chargers. And the Commanders laying four and a half at home against the Giants. I like those picks. We just have to narrow it down. Mm-hmm. 
Agreed. Yeah. Okay, actually, we already alluded to our 5-0 and week from last week. It gets us to, you know, basically 40.5 points in the contest. That's 57.86% action. 514th place, dude. That's rising like a bullet. We're only 3.5 points off the off the, the top 100 with four to play. And, and just so you know, because we have to do this when we do it, we're first in the quarter already. Yeah, the last Ooh. quarter, we're tied for first, baby. Uh, there are several teams tied with us. But the top dog actually, not that they had a terrible week, but they're only at, you know, 50 picks. So they're actually nine and a half ahead of us. Or, yeah, nine and a half ahead of us at 71.43%. Again, I don't know if we can catch them. But as I mentioned, the top 100 is at 62.86%, uh, which is 43 and a half. Uh, so we're right there, uh, or 44, I'm sorry, 44. So we're three and a half back, and that's the top 96, which you know, with ties. So there we go. We've got a shot in action. We definitely have a shot within striking distance here. I'm excited. I, You know, we've got the quarter ahead of us. Certainly the big prize is getting into the real money, but uh, mm-hmm. I think if we maintain our focus here, we're certainly going to get there. That's right. Got to keep our composure. All right, uh, let's talk about the World Cup. <laughs> I'm just trying to get you to laugh, actually. Uh, World Cup final this uh, Sunday, it's at, what, 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock Central, right? We That's got right. kind of, you know, I don't know if these were the prohibitive favorites, but we definitely knew Argentina was going to be in the mix against France. And this is, you know, you can talk about it pretty much even money. There is a third-place game, I should have mentioned that, on um, Saturday. I'm not sure if you usually bet on that third-place game. And that's uh, Morocco against, you know, they, they play against? Um, Croatia. <laughs> Croatia, right. Both those teams kind of got beaten down in, in the round. So, uh, I mean, obviously, these are two really good teams. Argentina looked dominant in their in their win. France, it was probably a little closer than the score indicated. So where are you, uh, what are you looking at in this, this World Cup weekend? Oh, man, I can't wait for this one. Um, France, obviously, are the cup holders. And uh, they are, I mean, pretty much even money. Every book that you could look at, you could probably find, like, pick a minus 105 on either side if you really wanted to. I yeah. I think it's going to be really hard to split these teams. I, um, Argentina has gotten a little bit lucky throughout the tournament. I think mm-hmm. I have seen them collect four penalty kicks so far throughout their six games. And, uh, yeah. I mean, you could argue that they're – playing to get the penalties and all of them were probably deserved but um this is certainly leo messi's swank song and i have a lean to them mostly because i bet them pre-tournament and i have them in the calcutta and so i'm trying to figure out if it makes any sense for me to try to hedge with france to be honest um, probably makes sense to hedge you got them in the calcutta yeah. <laughs> Argentina, but i do think argentina's gonna win I, i'm not saying that i'm a, a soccer expert but Okay. It's got to be hard to go back to back in the World Cup, right? I mean, that doesn't happen too often. Yeah, definitely. I can't even tell you in, in my memory, certainly not in my lifetime, has there yeah. been a back to back champion. So maybe, um, maybe Pele in, in the old days with Brazil yeah. or something. Now you you're putting over always in blue yeah. here, so you're you know what's the uh, goal line or whatever the uh, so. Goal is? To uh, stick to the final, I do like the over in that game. I bet it personally at over two. Um, we I mentioned it last week. This France defense mm-hmm. has been leaky throughout the entire tournament. They did keep a clean sheet last 
uh, in the semifinals against Morocco. But last weekend, they allowed a penalty kick, two penalty kicks against England that Harry Kane converted one out of two on. And I think that they're certainly going to be conceding against Argentina this weekend. And on the other side, the France attack has been very potent in its own right with the likes of Mbappe and Benzema and Griezmann. So I bet this game over two at minus 120. And again, that is within the first 90 minutes of the gameplay. So over two, but you said that it's one and a half or it is two? Well, you you have to search around and get a little bit creative. For those of us who are betting domestically, it's kind of hard to find books that will offer what I call Asian handicap lines, where Mm -hmm. usually a lot of your standard books like Caesars and um, FanDuel, MGM, those guys are going to be posting lines at one and a half, two and a half, three and a half, four and a half, because they're lazy. But if you have a DraftKings account or Bet Rivers, those are the two domestic books that I've seen that actually used Asian lines. And if you do a little bit of digging, spread in total, or Asian lines under those headers, you can find two. You can set your goal line at two. You can set it at 1.75 if you want to. They just adjust the odds accordingly. I gotcha. So if you wanted to, you could play over two and a half. Certainly takes a, a little bit more you need a third goal to cash that bet and you probably get some more favorable odds i would imagine if you search around you could find some plus money prices at over two and a half in this match nice and then do you ever bet the third place game you just gonna say forget about that yeah my uh my note over always is directly correlated to the third place game because Mm. historically these two teams are not in the championship anymore and they just go for it there's no reason to hold back in this game. You're going to see high-flying, attacking football or soccer, as we call it here. And uh, I think that going over two and a half in this game is certainly worth a bet every single World Cup because uh, I expect that both Morocco and Croatia are going to try to score some goals. Nice. Love it. Love it. Okay. So you, you may hedge, you may not. Uh, Calcutta is obviously in, your, in play, and if they win, you win the – the big cheddar is there like a fractional payout or is it all all in one uh it's pretty big payout i i don't recall the percentage of the total pot i think it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 35 or 40 percent but uh there are payouts for second place and actually third place as well whoever wins that consolation game will take a little bit of the pot so um we're certainly looking reaction thank you yeah, and I also have a ticket at Argentina plus 550, so those two combined will uh, make a nice Sunday if Argentina pulls it out. I mean, the boat could use some new cushions uh, or <laughs> should, something. For sure. <laughs> I mean, blue it's and, Christmas coming. Blue and white striped cushions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Blue and white striped cushions. You know, at least maybe some new life preservers or you know, ski jackets or something. <laughs> Uh, so what are you going to do for the game this weekend? Are you got any plans this weekend? Yeah, we're driving down to Indianapolis to meet my new mm-hmm. niece, Emma. Oh, she I saw was that. born a week ago today, I think. Yeah, the 8th. And uh, and it's your brother's birthday today? Or that's yesterday right. Or something? Yeah, the triplet's birthday today. Shout out. 12-15. Yeah. So, well, I'm not well, friends with the other two on Facebook, so it's, Jeff is the only one that, that exists to me. So. <laughs> 33.3%. You got there. Right. 
So we're going to go down and see meet Emma for the first time on Saturday. And then we're actually probably going to come back late Saturday night so that I can be well positioned on the couch 10 a.m. for the final. Perfect. Perfect. I like that. Just a quick, quick trip. Back That's and forth. Right. Yeah. Good call. Good call. Yeah, as I mentioned, holiday happy hour tomorrow, like kind of the one I always put together. And then a couple of parties Saturday, some volleyball on Saturday afternoon. And then Sunday, watching football and working. Woohoo! Nice. Pretty exciting. Maybe yeah. I'll watch some. Maybe I'll get up and watch the World Cup game. I probably will. So. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a rite of passage for us sports fans. That's right. That's right. So all right, and we'll talk on Saturday. You let me know. But yeah. Uh, yeah, just let me know. Well, follow us at Side Action Pod on Twitter and at Side Action Podcast on Instagram. Follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and on Instagram. And follow me on Twitter at 31S Roberts. All right, everybody. Well, good luck. We'll try to keep the good times rolling for everybody. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given the opinions and advice given on the side action podcast is for entertainment purposes only gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER intro and outro and transition music credits song titles jerry five and district four by kevin mcleod at incompetech.org license under creative commons attribution 3.0 creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0